0: With more than 4 million sellers on Etsy, how can creative entrepreneurs like yourself stand out from the masses and sell more of your handmade goods without wasting hours on social media? That is the big question, and this podcast is the answer, where you will learn insider tips and proven strategies on how to turn your Etsy side hustle into a full-time business, giving you the freedom to be your own boss, have time with family, and more time to create. Hi, my name is Jenny Hall, and you're listening to the Handmade Sellers Podcast. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Handmade Sellers Podcast. I'm your host Jenny Hall and today I have a very special guest, Crystal. So Crystal, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi
1: everybody, I'm Crystal and I have an Etsy shop called You Don't Need a Reason. It stands for You Don't Need a Reason to be kind, you just need to be willing. I started back in 2017 uh, with my Etsy shop. I sell handmade bracelets and pivoted at one point to selling jumpstone beads as well for my shop and supplies for jewelry makers.
0: I love it. So when you started out, Crystal, were you just selling the finished bracelets back in 2017?
1: Yeah. So when I first started out, I did bracelets and I kind of was all over the map. I tried earrings. I was trying to do necklaces. I was kind of just trying to you know, dabble into a little bit of everything. And eventually, as time started to go on after like that first year, I niched down and just did bracelets.
0: I love it. So did you do that based on what was selling? Was that or was it something that you just liked making more of? How did you decide to do that? Just something I like
1: making more of. It's easier. I was more comfortable with doing it. It took time. Uh, First, it was just uh, using or making bracelets I would do with clasps. And then ended up switching to just doing stretch bracelets. And now, one I think 100% of every bracelet in my shop is just a stretch bracelet. I don't mess with clasps anymore. Maybe one day I'll get back to doing it. But at this time, it was just
0: easier just to stick with one style and one type. Definitely. And stretch bracelets are so easy to put on. Like, convenient. Yes. And I, th- I feel like they're always trending. It just, you know, they have a new color each season or whatever. Okay, so you opened your shop in 2017. How did sales go back then when you were just starting out? Not that great.
1: I didn't know what I was doing when I first opened my first. So 2017, I had seven sales, just to throw it out there. And those seven sales, I think, came from family, all family. I don't think anybody else bought from my shop. And so once those list, I think that went carried over into 2018 because I did have one sale in 2018. But once those listings expired, that was it. I was just like, this is going to go on the back burner. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, what's a tag? I did not even know what to put for a tag because I was just like, I don't know. My photos, you know, looking back on it, I had a Facebook page at the time because I was told that's how you grow. And I think all of like three people followed my page. You know, it was just I didn't know what I was doing. So family was, I think, the only one that made my first couple of sales, which was really cool because I got to see the process of Etsy, how to ship things, how to get the labels and, you know, just all those beginning stages, things that you need to learn. And it's OK if you screw up because it's family. So, you know, they're not going to hold you to it if it yeah. doesn't quite turn out right. You I know? love that.
0: No, I love that. Like they support you, they want your product, but then like you get to learn alongside them. So you're getting the sales record, you're getting the stats record, and then you're also learning like, hey, I've never downloaded a shipping label. How do I do this? Well, how do I, you know, does it add the tracking number? I love that. Okay, so 2018 came around and did sales pick up that year?
1: No, 2018, I had one sale. I never renewed any of my listings. And I just basically said, I forgot about Etsy altogether. I said, Well, I didn't realize they expired in four months. You know, I was pretty naive to understanding that. And I was just like, Well, you know, if I get a sale, I'll get an email. So I'll be good. And I check my email every day. So I I let that be. 2019 rolled around and it was, I don't know, halfway through the year. And I said, I want to do this again. So. Like early in the year, I joined every seller support group I can find on Facebook. Just to be a fly on the wall, I didn't really comment, you know, I did not engage in the group so much, any groups. And it was just more so a learning experience. I wanted to see the conversations people were having, what they were talking about, um, how other people responded, because you can learn a lot of the do's and don'ts, you know, especially when people are asking for advice, you know, what do I do in this scenario? You kind of learn the do's and don'ts based on how people respond, because I put myself in in the shoes of the person on the receiving end. Would I want to hear this or, you know, how would I expect to be treated? You know, just in the general sense. Yeah. What would I expect the outcome to be based on my experience with like major retailers? What would they do in that scenario? Would they just say, sorry, you know, we can't do anything and I would be okay with that. And, um, or would they be willing to help? And so I kind of, you navigated that way. And after about six months of just kind of fly on the wall, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again. So I started, you know, just, I, at first I said, every day I'm going to make one new item and post one new item. And that's just when you're just starting out. That's almost impossible, you know, because you have life, you have work, you have, you know, life happens. I could not sustain that very long. I could sustain that for maybe like two weeks, <laughs> and right, I was like, right. I can't yeah, do one new item a day, especially <laughs> when I don't know what I'm doing with photos. I don't know yeah. SEO. I, you know, there was just so much still to learn, even with watching YouTube videos and everything else. There was just too much to learn. So 2018 comes to a close, and or 2019. And I had 12 sales. So I learned a little bit. Luckily, they weren't family. It was all strangers, you know. Yeah. But at that point, I realized, okay, something's got to change, you know. So fast forward, we're rolling into 2020. And I'm still trying to do the same thing. You know, I've niched down at this point. Stretch bracelets, that's it. I'm not renewing any other listings. I'm getting a better feel for photos. I had a light box made out of like some just scrap metal you know, and I put my lights too and everything. And that totally worked because I was never at a period of time during the day where I was going to have natural light. So I needed high CRI LED lights just to get into my light box and be able to produce that, you know, somewhat of a natural light. Yeah. And that worked for me to be able to do it, at, you know, nights. And, you know, when we didn't have light, you know, of so that natural daylight that we really need. So I was like, yes. okay, and 2020 hits and it's pandemic. And the first thing I'm thinking is I already have not been very successful with my shop with jewelry. People are not going to be buying jewelry in the middle of a pandemic and lockdown. People are going to be, at first, everybody was buying masks. And when Etsy re-released the rules for masks, I was like, okay, I worked in the sewing and fabric industry for a very long time. I have two sewing machines. I have fabric, boxes of fabric. So here I am making flannel masks on Etsy. And so I got to about 100 sales that year with flannel masks. Mm -hmm. And it was like summertime. And I was like, okay, it's time to change something up. The masks aren't really selling. You can buy them everywhere. Some places are starting to open again. Mm -hmm. What do we do? You know? And so it was at that point I realized just, I think I was like at 110 sales maybe. And I was like, it's time to pivot. And I was like, you know, I remember in the beginning, I had listed a couple of strands of like beads that I picked up at a, one of the gem shows, just yes. to, almost like a d stash. But I just I wasn't going to use them, and I wanted to get rid of them. And there were these agate beads, and I remember people did buy them. You know, the few I think yes. I had like five or six strands, and people bought them. And then I had a couple of like spacer beads that I had listed that I had picked up at a gem show, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I yeah, it was a, a light, light bulb moment, and I was like, <laughs> "Until I really mastered, you know, I, I, you know, I could still go in and master, you know, the jewelry piece and and really get that." But I was just like, "The supply world is just so big on Etsy, you know. People really do rely on that supply world." So I ended up pivoting. I think I was late September of that year when I pivoted to supplies and started carrying just. A limited assortment of beads and findings and things like that. And that's that was in 2020. I closed the year with four hundred and fifty-three sales.
0: Wow. So, you went from twelve amazing. to four hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And amazing. that was just that year.
1: That's what I did that year it was four hundred and fifty-three sales. So I was just like, okay, we're on to something here, you know? Yes, and I can amazing. remember that first Black Friday. I was like, it was like order after order after order. And I was like, this is crazy because I was sitting there that weekend on, like, Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of watching TV, kind of, you know, playing one of my video games. And I just kept hearing that, you know, on my phone. And I was like, what what on earth is going on? So (laughs) it was just like, it was the pivot I needed, you know, for me. And I knew at that point, you know, I was eventually going to be back to, you know, working full time, you know, with with the whole 2020 thing. A lot of people, at least for me, I went, I got bumped down to part time temporarily. So
0: you had I time to do it. That was the beauty.
1: Yeah. And that was my time. You know, I had extra time to be able to do the research and put in the time. And I realized for me, it was going to work because I didn't have to focus solely on just making stuff anymore. Yes. And that was, I knew eventually the time constraint was going to come back where I just wasn't going to have all this time to be, you know, making bracelets as much as I want to. And I've been doing it forever, it feels like, since probably I was like 13 or 14, my aunt got me into jewelry making. So it's been a long time that I've been doing this, but I was just like, you know, the time constraint's going to come back. And, And so I just continued pushing with it, you know, just doing... I do still do jewelry. I still make bracelets. I'm slowly learning to wire wrap present day, you know, trying to learn a new skill with, within, you know, what I enjoy doing. Yeah. But, you know, supplies I, are it. Twenty yeah. After 2020, 2021, I ended up doing 2,100, just a little over 2,100 sales. Yeah. So That's dramatically amazing. increased, yeah, five times there. And then 2022, I did just a little bit over that. I did 20 uh, a little over 2,100 again. Yeah. And... It's just been like a wild roller coaster, you know. Yes. Um, and so
0: I looked back, Crystal, and so you joined Etsy Accelerator, my program, in April of twenty twenty one. And so I looked back and during that time you got forty-eight orders in 30 days when you joined. You had a four point seven conversion rate. And what like looking back at that, when you look at those, you know, stats and stuff and what you were doing at the time to where you are now, like how are you different as a shop now compared to who you were th- when you first began? So
1: one of the things I've realized is sometimes when I'm working with something and I post it on social media, I, I, Instagram is my main go-to. But when I post it on Instagram, people are like, "Oh, I really like this bead. Where did you get it?" And I'm like, "Oh, I sell it in my shop." You know, and a lot of times it's not even someone who follows me. They just they come across and see my post and they're like you know, where do you get these? Oh, I offer them in my shop. Or on the flip side, if it's something I don't offer, maybe I've picked it up at a gem show, or maybe it's just something I bought a small quantity because I wanted to use it for myself. And people are like, well, can you get these in your shop? And it's like, yes, absolutely. Let me put in some homework and see, you know, if I can source these and start carrying them. And that's been really successful too, because like cubic zirconia was something I never thought to carry in my shop. They're a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. and only for a few beads not like a whole strand or anything. So I always thought mm, I don't think anybody will want to buy these. And that couldn't be further from the truth, you know. <laughs> right. People do like, want to buy them. People so
0: market right? research, right? All the time that's just it. because we think it's what we think just because we think it's not going to sell doesn't mean that at all. Absolutely. Ray right? could be totally wrong. And um you mentioned earlier before the show we started talking and you were saying that One time in the program, I told you to go look back and look at your past orders and see what was mostly selling and then how to scale that. And so talk to people about that. What did you do?
1: So I went through my previous sales and I noticed I had like four or five chip bead listings. I personally have a love-hate relationship with chip beads. They're like a puzzle putting together. And I know people make beautiful jewelry with them. But since all I do is stretch bracelets, it's a puzzle putting them on a piece of stretchy you know, stretch magic. It's very difficult. And so for me, I was just like, I don't understand why people are buying these, but okay, I'll roll with it. So that was early last year. And now I have over 100, I think 120 chip and nugget bead listings. And I just grew that exponentially. And I'd probably say three or four out of every maybe seven or eight orders are just chip beads, just chip beads. You're at 50%. 50% of I was, it and I thought for sure, you know, one of the other things I pivoted to when I first started, I said, well, I'm only going to carry eight millimeter beads because that's all I use. <laughs> and then I realized, OK, you have some people who are dominating this market on Etsy who are in the top five, even, you know, way up there. They're dominating this market. Do they just carry eight millimeter beads? no. They carry a full size run when available, you know whatever that might look like from the smallest to the largest size that they're capable of sourcing and I thought, well, okay, if they're not just you know if these guys who are doing these crazy amount of sales are not just carrying eight millimeter beads, then maybe I need to expand my horizon just because I don't use it just like the chip beads. I don't really use them much, but I thought. Other people do. And when having a shop, you have to look at the perspective of the buyer. What are they looking for? And yes. if you don't have what they're looking for, they're just going to move on to the next shop. They're going to keep know. looking.
0: Yes. And how many ways can you serve them? So think of you're serving your customer. Your customer makes jewelry. And so do you also sell the stretchy the stretchy buyer?
1: No. no, I don't.
0: Have you ever looked into that? Because like that is your person too. Have you thought yes. about that?
1: That's definitely something I need to look into, yes. Yeah,
0: just because they they could, you know, you could have it as an add-on in the variations, like, hey, choose your color, you know, this is, add this to it, and then they could come back for more so that could increase your average order value. Okay, you mentioned that you do run ads, but you're very strategic about it. So tell people how you started running ads and then what you did from the beginning to now.
1: So when I started running ads, I picked a ton of listings, like most people do, I selected probably about a hundred listings in my shop, maybe more. And, and I selected specifically selected ones that I had had a sale on at least in the last 30 days. So I knew it was something that at least people wanted and it was getting somewhat found, you know, even if it was only once in the last 30 days, it was being found. So I started with like a hundred listings and I think at the time it was like a five to a $10 budget to accommodate so many listings being pushed out there into you. You have to accommodate higher because you're going to get a lot of clicks and they're not going to result in anything. Um, So I did that for 30 days because you need a 30 day window to really see a good picture of what's going to convert, what's not going to convert. And so I would narrow it down. And if anything had more than five clicks and it wasn't converting, it got axed off the list right away. Like I didn't even wait. It was, it was, you know, and especially if the view count was high Mm. And it was only still only like five clicks and not converting. It didn't make sense because that means people are just kind of scrolling past it. So um, yeah. they're not even interested. And then when they do click on it, they're still not interested. So I asked it and I ended up now I'm down to just three. And out of those three, I'm probably going to cut it down to two on a three dollar budget. So mm-hmm. um, it just and their chip beads, of course, you know, yes, because that's your specialty. But they, they sell, I mean, they sell constantly, you know, at least once a week. So, and they ultimately, a lot of times people click on those. And even if they don't buy that chip bead, they end up buying another chip bead in the shop. And it's great that like the Etsy analytics, as of I know recently, and now give you more detailed stats showing This is what they clicked on, but this is ultimately what they bought. And it still winds up being chippy. So I just roll with it.
0: (laughs) Yes, it funnels them into your shop. So if that picture grasps their attention, if that color, if they, hey, she has a chippy, let me look more. So I love that. Okay. So last month you said you spent $65 on ads, but what did you make in return?
1: So on that $65, I wound up getting $241 back on that. So in my opinion, that's pretty good. Um, I would say too, you know, I'm starting to see a trend of repeat buyers, which for me is great because that means the service I'm providing and the product I'm providing is, you know, is quality that they want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's important to me. That is at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we want a good experience. You know, when we're shopping, whether it's online or in person, it doesn't matter if we have a bad experience somewhere, we're not going back. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we have a good experience and things just go the way they're supposed to go, they're, you know, ultimately I believe, you know, people may or may not come back, but I feel if we give them good service, you know, why would they not want to
0: come back? Why would they not? And so Etsy constantly brings in new people to your shop and then through social media, you're bringing in new people. And then as those people start to be repeat customers, like that is just how you grow your revenue. Um, okay, question. Do you have an email list?
1: No, that isn't. No, I've, I've ventured down that list and it's just not, not something I want to venture down at this time. Oh my goodness. Okay. I know. I know.
0: Yeah. Where else can, do you also sell on Instagram or is it just to get people? No. So your own, and do you have a website? Uh, no.
1: So I specifically just do Etsy and I do it mainly because in my state, it's very, um, filing your sales tax quarterly is made super easy when you only sell on Marketplace. And when I talk to the state, they check a little box on the back end. So everything, when I go to file my quarterly, everything except for three options are grayed out. I think three or four options are grayed out. So I only have to fill in, you know, three or four things and that's it. And they are things that I never have to fill in because they understand that I'm a Marketplace. I sell on a Marketplace Mm -hmm. that handles the sales tax. That handles the tax. It makes, and I know some states that they will say, "Oh, well, you don't even need to have one if you're only selling in marketplace," or at least that's what I've heard. I don't know if there's any truth behind that, but I know for my state, you know, they still allow me to have uh, my sales tax license, and it just makes it so easy to file. So, and because, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, I know a lot about the sales tax world in general, just from my day job. Yeah. That it you know, or I've learned over the years from from a day job that. Sales tax in all 50 states is not fun. And I I know there's some websites that make it easier with add-ons and stuff and, and help you, you know, determine when you hit Nexus and when it's time to register and start, you know. I couldn't imagine having to eventually grow so big that you would have to register for all 50 states when you hit Nexus and then have to. That just seems like a daunting task as a person of one. So even with my knowledge, I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever want to go down that road, you know? So I know it's, you know, they say don't have all your eggs in one basket. And I am, I am a hundred percent on board with that. But for me, you know, and where I'm at present day, I just, I feel like that's such a daunting task, even though I'm sure it's not that bad. It's just knowing what I know. I, I just feel like it would be so daunting to have to take that on without actually having somebody behind you to really... Um, like an accountant or something behind you to really be able to help navigate those waters. Even with the alerts, I know that some some websites have add-ins that will alert you once you've hit that nexus threshold for certain states. And I think Mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. But it's also the daunting task of, do I file monthly? Do I file quarterly with the state? Oh, I got 30 of them to file this month. You know, what do I need to do? So have you talked to a CPA about all that? No, and right Mm -hmm. now, I feel like it's just I'm comfortable where I'm at, so that's Mm -hmm. definitely where I, you know, that's where I want to stay.
0: Highly recommend just having a conversation just to make sure that that information is correct because if not, and also, eggs in one basket, like, yesterday Etsy closed my shop because of a suspicious login, and I cannot get, obviously, hold of anyone. I did the support ticket. They emailed back. I sent them all the information. Nothing. I went to, I found live chat. It's only for people setting up their shop, and they're like, oh, you already have a support ticket. And so I can't I can't open my shop right now. Thank God. Yeah. I have an email list and a website. But it's – and, you know, I've been on it for 12 years. And so just know that – I see it more and more is that the bots are closing shops. And so just know, like, how are you going to – how can – you can't contact your customers. You can't – but with Instagram, because you have an audience, that's where you're, like, blessed because you could be like, hey – and you could start selling on Instagram. You could say, yeah. hey, I've got 10 of these available. DM me. And you could just start selling like that. So yeah. um, I would love that you are, you know, on social media because some people are scared to be. What about Pinterest? Do you use Pinterest? I tried it for a while.
1: Yeah. And I started finding it a little daunting mm. as far as... Because I was in way too many group boards. I was in probably mm. 50 plus group boards at one time. Yeah. And it just got too too time consuming for me personally to constantly be sharing to 50 boards. One item would take me five minutes to share to that many boards. Even with the ease of access in the app and just sharing a listing direct, it was still a lot of work. And I even niched down. I think now I'm in only like 15 group boards. And every yeah. once in a while, I'll, I'll put one out there. I started making templates and so that way you know it looked a little more streamlined and professional I'll put the link in there but that was even with photoshop and having a template just drag and drop the photo it was still yeah it was a lot of work yeah. it was not an easy task and and then creating the seo within the listing you know not just sharing
0: right it was no, a lot of work totally so true. i stick
1: to just sharing now i yes. you know i share and that's that's about where i that's go good. With that. that is where you
0: are <laughs> okay so for um tell me how, tell me what you've enjoyed about, okay, I look back, you have been in Etsy Accelerator for two years. What have you, like, what, what have you learned most? Like, what do you love about it? Um, that's a good question.
1: You know, just learning different tools when they come out, learning how to utilize those to your benefit. I know with, like, Instagram, one of the people I follow that's a, a, a big into teaching, you know, people how to grow. They always say, when there's a new feature, you use it, you you know, because ultimately those are the people that are going to get the most, you know, um, exposure is the people using those new tools. And I kind of feel it's the same with, um, with having an Etsy shop, you know, when there's new tools, when there's new features, I know from when I started to present day, now when you, um, like for example, when I list a bracelet, it has an option in the drop down to select what the primary gemstone is and that never used to be a thing i couldn't say it was rose quartz in a drop down and now i can mm-hmm. so that's definitely you know that helps build you know or when you can set the colors you know what's the primary color what's the secondary color that's huge you know and those are are tools that are going to help better match you to what people are searching for so it's important to be using those tools yes um whenever they add you know extra things to the listing it's it's so important that we pay attention do those apply to us, and if so, should we be using them? Yeah you know, I love ultimately, that. go ahead, sorry no I was gonna say, ultimately, that's just what's gonna help you get
0: found. That's yeah. just one more piece of the puzzle that's gonna help you get found yeah, what I love like listening to your whole story is that you like go after it and learn and then you take what you learned and you make your next decision and I love it it's all based on data, you're looking at your past orders, you're looking at what chip beads sell. you're trying like you said you buy a huge you know wholesale order and you go to sell them and then whatever isn't selling you look at like the quality and like okay i'm not going to sell these i'm not going to order from here and so you're constantly adapting and you're listening to those reviews from people so i just think that's huge as a business owner like that shows it's so necessary and i just think you do really well at like you do that really well (laughs) okay so if you had one piece of advice for someone thinking about joining Etsy accelerator and working together what would that one piece of advice be? Like if they're like, I don't know if it's for me, what do you say?
1: I'd say just go for it, you know. Even if it's only like three months, six months, I think I did it for what, almost a year um, in your mastery class. I would say just, you know, take a chance on yourself and go for it and see what you can learn. Um, I know your class has evolved a lot since I was in it, but definitely because there's a lot of new tools, a lot of new features, a lot of new things that have come out, and a lot of new information, you know, that gets shared out there. But I would say just go for it, you know, even if you just do the minimum amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth investing in yourself just to see, you know, um, I know a lot of people sometimes will say, well, that's too expensive or, you know, whatever it is in life. Oh, well, it's too expensive, you know, yeah. and it is it, you can apply this to anything. And I always think what's one thing I could, you know, cut out of my life to give me that extra, you know, 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever, and, you know, I need a week. Does that mean one less coffee, you know, every so many days or, you know, whatever we all have our things that we enjoy, you know, yes, does that coffee. mean? One, yeah. Like <laughs> one less uh, X, Y, and Z, you know, that we could just cut out just to at least take a chance for, you know, three months or six months, or like I say, whatever the minimum time is, you know, just, just give yourself that opportunity. And if it's not for you at the end of the three months, six months, at least you're going to have to have learned new information. You're going to have, you know, PDFs that you've managed to save that you could go back and like reference. And, you know, even though things kind of change, you're still going to have material that you can always go back and reference notes that you've taken. Um, And you can, you can look back on that and at least get those core principles, you know, um, you can learn some of those core principles, you know, that you might not learn anywhere else.
0: I love that. It's yeah. Building your skills. And these are skills that you can take for the life of your shopper when you open your second shop or third shop. And so yes, it is all skills. And investing ourselves is one of the, you know, it's the, it's a scary feeling, but it's so worth it. And then it, you know, reinforces that when it works, it's like, of course this worked. I got help and I want this to work. And so you're putting forth more effort, right? And you're getting people to help you with the bird's eye view of your shop and you go all in and then you start believing in yourself and, you know, learning more about how to run a business. and, And then it's just leads you to more and more success so crystal yes. thank you so much for joining us today thank you yes and one last time tell everyone where they can find you
1: you can find me at you don't will redirect you straight to my
0: etsy shop awesome yay thank you so much thank you are you a handmade seller and creative entrepreneur who's ready to amplify your etsy shop's visibility and sales If so, then I invite you to join my community of more than 1,900 Etsy shop owners on Facebook called Etsy Sales and Marketing for Handmade Sellers. It's where you will get insider access on the latest strategies for writing SEO and for boosting your sales with simple and strategic social media marketing while surrounding yourself with a community of supportive entrepreneurs who are in your corner every step of the way. Join for free today by visiting www jenny-hall.com slash Facebook group. Thanks for listening and I can't wait to see you on the inside.